Hello folks, this is Jason here, and thanks for tuning in to the Santa Banter Podcast. A quick message before we start the episode. The last thing we want is to ruin the Christmas magic for any children out there. We will be discussing some of the -the behind-the-scenes aspects of the Christmas season, so it may not be best for little ears to hear. Parents, we do encourage you to listen though. You might learn a tip or two about making the most wonderful time of year a little more magical. Anyway, on with the episode. And welcome welcome to to Santa Banter. Banter a podcast for those who love to get dressed up in the big red suit. Hi, my name's Santa Jason. And I am Santa Dave. And this is episode eight, the night before Christmas. Santa Dave, welcome to part two. I've got my dunce cap on and ready to learn. You're ready to learn, yeah. Mr. Mr. Claus is back in the classroom, ready ready (laughs) to teach you through some history of Christmas. Um... Yeah, so last episode we looked at, you know, the ancient origins of Santa and we found out that, you know, the Dutch brought Santa or St. Saint- Nicholas or however we pronounce it to, uh, to uh, New Saint York. St. Nicholas in Australia, the A-R-S-E. That's it. No? That's okay. it. <laughs> brought him over to New Amsterdam or New, New York um, and, yeah, we, we now... Have Santa in America in the 1800s um, is where Santa really started to develop a little bit. So there's a bit of history here that I think we'll talk through today. And yeah, the yep. the, uh, the title of the episode is called The Night Before Christmas. And the reason that we've we've called it that is because the influence of that poem is huge on Santa and Christmas across the years. Oh, Did really? You know yeah, it's... I had no idea. I... It's massive. Uh, so we all know, or most of us know the poem. It's, <laughs> you know, a uh, really easy way to remember the reindeer names when you're sitting on the chair and kid asks you about the reindeers and you're like, oh no, what are my reindeers called? <laughs> but um, that's me. That's I'm, I haven't memorized all the names. Yeah. So I usually start by saying reindeer and I just throw in like three names and then I'll say like, Dasher, Dancer, Jimmy. And like, no, Jimmy's <laughs> not a reindeer name. And you kind of, but uh, I think I really need to up my game with the memory. So maybe I need to, yeah, I'll use the poem to help remember for this season. Yeah, well, in in the poem, um, and I believe you're going to do a special reading of it at the end of this episode, <laughs> but in the poem... A uh, full dramatic reading with some sound effects and I, everything I too. Love it. So uh, I'm excited to listen. If you haven't read it or listened to it in a long time, um, at the end of the episode, we'll put it there and you can... Uh, know what we're talking about even if you go back and listen to the end and then come back to this if you haven't um <laughs> if you need a refresher <laughs> yeah but, uh, but in in the poem it says now dash and now dancer now prancer and vixen on commandant cooper on donna and blitzen uh and then obviously you've got rudolph on, t- on top of that too um and and then you know any other reindeers that you want to throw in that have been added over the history uh i, I love i love t- talking about olive have i mentioned olive on the podcast before I, I don't know Olive, Dave. What's what's Olive? Well, Olive, the other reindeer. Uh, you know, and and kids always ask, what, who who's Olive? I've never heard of Olive. And you say, no, you know the song Rudolph the Reindeer. You know Rudolph the Red Nose yeah. Reindeer had a very shiny. Yeah. Um. You know, an Olive the other reindeer. <laughs> used to laugh and call him <laughs> oh, names. 
Oh, no way. And everyone, and this is what I said to the kids, everyone always thinks that it's Olive, but no, it's Olive. Olive was a really, she was really mean to Rudolph at one point, but she's lovely now and she's, she's learned that <laughs> it's, uh, you need to be able to be friends with everyone and accept everyone. <laughs> yeah, so... Ah, yeah, um, Dave, that's incredible. The kids love that one, and 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 look, I, that wasn't my idea. This is this is comes out of a joke I read online once, but it turns out that I think Disney uh, produced an olive. Uh, maybe it wasn't Disney, but there's definitely an animated olive the reindeer um, show, and there's books about her and all that kind of stuff. Wow. So yeah, I'd never even. That's brilliant. Yeah, how's that? I know. So, look, the reindeer were introduced in in this poem, but there's there's obviously more that have come along over the years. So, yeah, um, absolutely. But 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 you know, this started it all off. This this poem, and and basically, it was written by a guy called Clement Clarkmore. Um, and it, it was originally Clem. <laughs> Clem. Yeah, that's it. And it, it originally was called "A Visit from Saint Nicholas." Uh, so, and, and now we we call it obviously the night before Christmas, and it was published uh, in. Uh, in a newspaper or a magazine in 1823 on December 23rd, 1823. So a long time ago, you know, what's that? 190, nearly 200 years, eight years ago. Yeah. So a long time ago. And basically in a galaxy far, far away. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) (laughs) But basically before this poem came out, uh, People were often drawing Saint Saint Nicholas or Santa Claus in like bishop robes, um, you know, or mm. as a man with a pointed hat, long coat, straight beard. Uh, I guess kind of like the way we'd seen Saint Nicholas in the drawings of him, you know, uh, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, yep. and 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 I guess it wasn't uncommon for people to draw him as like a, a quite tall and gaunt uh, man. But in 1863, a man named Thomas Nast, who was 21 years old at the time, Harper Weekly, Harper's Weekly hired him to draw a picture of Santa Claus, bringing gifts to troops fighting in the American Civil War. So they wanted to use Santa Claus as a war kind of image as well. And so... I'm going to assume Harper's, I think, is a New York-based magazine, so it would have been a... Uh, the northern state Did, was that come up in, in your Civil history? War. Which side that it was kind of I was, yeah, leaning towards, I think or just he, troops in general? That that inference is probably a good one. I think that it probably would be uh, the northern, yeah. But um, yeah, we can cannot confirm. I'll look that up later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so anyway, eighteen sixty three, um, Thomas Nast drew Santa Claus, and he used descriptions of St. Nicholas from the night before Christmas. Uh, and also combined it a little bit with the, the, the familiar propaganda image of uh, Uncle Sam. Okay. Oh, there so, so this Thomas Nast guy, very clever, 21 years old, has been tasked to draw Santa. And before this, there'd been, you know, images of St. Nicholas. There'd been some drawings of a tall guy with a beard. But it was really this, this Thomas Nast that... Um, really designed what we, I guess, what we look, um, how Santa Claus looks now, and, and it's yeah. a common misconception that people believe that Coca Cola were the ones that designed the modern day Santa Claus, and and rightfully they do have a kind of influence on Santa Claus, and we'll talk about that in the next episode. But 
this this guy Thomas Nass was actually the guy that 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 used the night before Christmas and the description of Saint Nicholas and that to to design our modern day looking Santa Claus. So uh, in his image, Santa was jolly, like a roly poly old man. It's described here who wore a star spangled jacket. All right, so there's the American in, in yeah. influence, striped American pants, influence. and a cap. Okay, so a little bit different, but over the years, and this is why Thomas Ness is is is, is famous for this, is over the years, for every uh, over forty years, in fact, for every year, he was asked to draw Santa. He stuck with the same concept, but started dropping the stars and stripes. And designed that plain wool suit. And ah. sometimes Nast would draw him in green clothes, but eventually started drawing him in red clothes. And this is more than four decades before Santa Claus depicted Santa, uh, sorry, before Coca Cola depicted Santa in the red woolen suit. Yeah, right. So, yeah, Thomas Nast, he's the guy that uh, I guess. And, and thankfully, he, he had some inspiration there from, from The Night Before Christmas. Because I think The Night Before Christmas, that's got to be the reason. that the, That's got to be one of the big influences of, of what we know of Santa now. You know, the fact that it introduced yeah. the reindeer. Introduced this idea of, um, you know, Santa being a big man and yeah all that kind of thing. So, yeah, interesting, interesting facts there. Um, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> That's really fascinating because you think if it wasn't for those drawings, like I'm a pretty big guy, would Santa have been a more of a skinny person and changed, you know, would there be the same connection to Santa being a, a big tall guy and I have a beard anyway. So that kind of uh, relation to how I see Santa look and how I... Um, I suppose it's the representation, you know. I see Santa that looks like me, that mm. makes me want to, and uh, same personality. And that's it's it's like when you t- uh, talk to um, to kids who are indigenous or kids of color who see Black Panther mm. uh, and say like, "That's a superhero who looks like me. I want to be that." Mm. Or you know, um, when you see somebody who looks like you in whatever way, skin color, size, like gender, whatever, and that gives you like, "Oh, I can do that. I can be." that person uh, and it gives you a special connection to it. So if it was a tall, skinny Santa or a short, skinny Santa, would I have the same want to play the character as what it would if he is someone who is a tall, big guy with a beard? Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing to think about. Well, certainly in the depictions of St. Nicholas, he doesn't look like a big guy. He doesn't look chubby. Mm. Um, So I think, yeah, I I really think it it was the night before Christmas that kind of... uh, that made this, you know, this description of Santa that we, we know and love. Because near the end, it says, you know, he was chubby and plump, a right jolly elf. Um, so it's, yeah, it's interesting. I, I wonder if that's where it all came from there. And then and then there's other things, that, you know, I wonder how much Night Before Christmas had an influence on all this because they talk about, obviously, we talked last week about the stockings going up near the fireplace yeah, to dry out yeah. the, the gold. But in, in the poem, it talks about the, the, the stockings hanging up by the fireplace, but then talks about St. Nicholas landing on the roof and coming down the chimney. Did that come from the poem? 
Or is that the idea of Santa coming down the chimney from somewhere else? I, I would say it's probably from the poem. Uh, yeah. So interesting. Really interesting. And even the idea of the, the sl- it being a sleigh pulled by reindeers was introduced in this poem. So previously we talked about it being a wagon. and Which is fascinating because, yeah, there's deer in America, but when I think of reindeer, I think of the Nordic countries of Finland, Norway, those sort of, you know, northern top of northern hemisphere countries. But is that maybe linked in because of my knowledge of Santa? Like, has that reverse engineered the fact that I think of deers in and reindeers in um, Nordic countries? Or is it actually that idea of, uh, you know, obviously there's plenty of deer in America. Yeah. But which, like... Is one, effect, is one affecting my perception of the other, you know? Yeah, I wonder. I know certainly there was reindeer in, in England when I grew up, but again, that's a colder country. And I've just looked it up. They they apparently are in North America, which is interesting. Yep. So so reindeer are all around. But yeah, I wonder I wonder why he chose reindeer. Um, and maybe it was because of that connection to the Nordic sure. countries and where, where St. Nicholas, you know, where the, that all came from and everything like that. So, yeah, I wonder. That's fascinating. Adds to the mystery, like... I guess. The Having the reindeer flying in the sleigh <laughs> just adds a little bit of, you know, a little bit of... In, it's interesting. And I think maybe that's why he added it in there. But it'd be very interesting to and find And I think, out. like, it's such a great example of verbal traditions, both written and unwritten, passed down. Like, as we were talking last episode about how it's gone from um, this man who was a generous guy towards kids to mm. the Sinterklaas, and then that story being written down over a number of years kind of distilled into that story that got, sorry, that got taken with the migrants to America and then that story getting written down in the Knickerbocker... Yeah, the uh, Knickerbocker, Knickerbocker Tales. Yeah, the Knickerbocker um, History of New York. Yeah, and then that then... You know, partially, mostly verbal, but then also that verbal then getting distilled into uh, this poem, into the major magazine that Harper's Bazaar was, is. Mm. Um, and then from that, the artwork, which would have been then distributed amongst you know, the wider the wider community and the wider country. And then from that into what then becomes advertising in the yeah. next episode we'll talk about and how that kind of... Uh, advertising is as much part of our verbal traditions because so many ads, like you could probably think about how many ads that are just lexicon now. Like you think of uh, Don't Drop the Dinosaur Daddy or <laughs> Head Went That Way, My Legs Went That Way or Marge, The Rain's Here. All these things that have become part of our like verbal traditions that uh, if you had never been in a community and someone says that, you would think that's a new saying, but it's actually from you know, not happy Jan, like I remember as a kid or suffering your jocks, like those things that were on, on advertisements as kids growing up, it just became part of the everyday language that. Yeah. Yeah. In Australia we we use, and I I found coming from not being an Australian to now being an Australian, I found that Australia does that actually quite a lot is they take inspiration from advertising and, you know, the fact that, um, you know, 
product names are usually what we refer to in Australia. So in England, I would say I'm going to put a plaster on my, you know, on my cut, right? If I cut my arm, yeah. right? Plaster is just the generic medical term for it. There's, that's yeah. not a, that's not a, um, it's not a brand, brand name or anything like that. But here we call them band-aids because of the band-aid yeah. brand. And so in Australia, we're really good at that is changing things because of advertising and because of <laughs> products and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, um... Mm. I think of it like having a Panadol or having a um, an Esky or yeah. not having an Esky. I bought an Esky or, or all those things. Yeah, yeah, your Uggs, just everything. Uh, everything comes from a brand name. It's it's interesting here. So I wonder, I wonder. Yeah, you're talking about all those adverts, which for anyone listening, if you're not from Australia, you wouldn't have a clue. But even me being here for <laughs> for 14 years now, I understand those. Even though I didn't grow up with those, I've heard them all the time because they're just phrases that are said yeah. here. But uh, it's different, you know, in England. But um, yeah, I wonder. Sorry, that was just totally sidelined the conversation. But just interesting <laughs> when you started. I'll tell you up. what, though. Just on our sideline is uh, my mum uh, was in hospital for a few days this week, um, just getting some tests. She's okay, but to pass the time, she actually went back and listened to all the episodes of Santa Banter. <laughs> and one of the things she said she loved the most, which both made me happy and made me sad, is that all the times when we go off topic. In particular, when we talked about the tomato sauce a few episodes ago, she's like, I'd never, I'd never thought about where the tomato sauce goes in the fridge. Like I've just put it like, I've just put it wherever. And like it blew my mind to think of people having conversations about tomato sauce. And now she can't stop thinking about, she's, she's gone home now this afternoon, thank goodness. And and she's all good. But she's like, I'm going to be thinking about tomato sauce all afternoon. And she'll test trial it, put some in the cupboard, put some in the fridge. You know, see, see, put some outside, see what the perfect temperature of tomato sauce is on her chips this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, she thoroughly enjoyed our off-topic bits. So, uh, I'll, um, maybe I should get mum to do a a review of, of our off-topic, uh, tangents. Oh, maybe. Uh, Yeah. Did she have any critical feedback is what I'm interested in. Is there any parts that she didn't like? Well, I'll be honest. I didn't really talk to her too much about the episodes because I wanted to make sure she was okay and everything was good. But she just... Fair enough. Next next episode, maybe I might even do a little bonus episode during the week, and I'll record Mum. Yeah, uh, talking. Why, about why don't we get podcast. both of our mum? Because my mum has been listening too. I'll ask my mum what she thinks of. Okay. Mom. Hi, mum. <laughs> I wonder what she's thinking of uh, thinking of this too. Yeah. <laughs> well, what we'll do is at some point in the next couple of weeks, there'll be a bonus episode that'll go up where we will both will um will video call our parents and we'll have a, a mutual um mutual chat. But mum, mum's review that. Santa Banter. Yeah. Mum's review Santa Banta. Mum's and and which whether Mum's their thoughts on us being Santa. Um, we'll do a special Mum's episode, even yeah. though it's Father's Day this weekend. We've got Father Christmas Day, and we'll uh, we'll chat to our mums. Well, that sounds great. You know what? Speaking of fathers, my I've been trying to get my dad in the Santa costume since I found out that Santa was played by other people, and <laughs> and because he, 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 he's he's got the perfect build for it, and he would never do it, and it frustrates me because. He's more suited to it than I am and would do such a good job and does accents. When I grew up, he used to always do Barney the Dinosaur. My dad's like the shyest. He's a pretty shy guy. Um, yeah. But when I was growing up, he used to always do Barney the Dinosaur. He used to always be able to put on these voices. And I thought, he's got to be... He's got, one day, I need him to do Santa. So, Dad, also, if you're listening, I'm going to start putting some pressure on you every year to put the suit on. <laughs> For my kids in the future, my- maybe, you know? <laughs> My dad has done it once or twice for an amateur thing or um, for like a, you know, just to play the character for a um, 
you know, a, a, gr- a small group of some sort, like not nothing serious. But again, he's got the perfect build. He's got the the, the speckled beard. He's like, um, his only problem is he's got a bit of a sore back. So having mm. kids on his lap all the time is not great. But I reckon Dave, uh, when it gets closer to the season, we'll have to uh, get both our dads dressed up, even just for a photo <laughs> with, with both of us. So sounds great. Stay tuned for that. Uh, those little nuggets with our parents. Um, but Dave, that's uh, that's our episode on part two of our history series uh, on the night before Christmas. Yeah. Anything you want to add before we ho 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 away? No, I think I think obviously if you've got any corrections, if I've said anything that's wrong, you know. Right in because it's very possible that uh, you know I'm getting my information, and some people might have even further information as well about this sort of stuff. So um, I've done the best research I can in a short period of time. But if you know more, please message in. We'd love to hear hear from you. But uh, I'm now excited Lovely after work, the, after our ho hoing. I'm excited to hear your uh, your rendition of the poem. <laughs> I'm going to uh, record that separately when we're off the chat, so you'll have to wait for the episode to come out to I'll hear be it. waiting I'll along with the rest some, of everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and when this comes out, yeah, make sure that you chuck in a review. We've got some five-star reviews on on uh, iTunes, which is really nice of those who've, who've chucked a, a review and a rate. Um, I also just want to thank everyone who's listening because our, our like listener numbers has been going up, which is really cool to see and, like, you know, we're doing this because we love talking about Santa and that there are other people who, other than our mums, who uh, enjoy <laughs> listening to us talk about Santa as well. Yeah, it's really nice. And I've, I've had people reach out that I wouldn't have ever expected would be interested in listening. And so thank you. <laughs> thank you to, you know, if you're an old friend who I haven't seen for 10 years and you're listening, thank you. <laughs> love it, Dave. All right, let's, uh, let's ho, ho, ho away and um, get to researching episode nine. Yeah, fantastic. All right, three, <laughs> two, and one. Thanks, Dad. Today we'll see you next week. (laughs) If you'd like to get in touch, we are Santa Banter Podcast at gmail.com or search Santa Banter Podcast on Facebook or Instagram.